Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I have with me entrepreneur and technologist, Bill Ottman. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome. And today we're going to talk about how to create a sensor-free zone to share ideas. And this is like super hot topic these days. I mean, I noticed, uh, I mean, everybody notices Twitter has switched to X and um, Zuckerberg copied Twitter into threads. And, you know, there's been like a lot of uh, kind of um, news around people not being able to share a lot of what they want to talk about because it's censored on a lot of platforms. So let's just dive in by having you, the expert, tell me, you know, what inspired you to first become an advocate for creating a censor-free zone uh, for sharing ideas on social media platforms? Yeah, so I think having access to as much information as possible is a requirement, sort of like a prereq, for being able to have informed speech in the first place. So I think of freedom of information as as sort of a priori to speech, because otherwise you're uneducated. Unfortunately, you know, with access to all information comes crazy information and uh, controversial information. But I do not believe that um, completely getting rid of it is the right solution. Give people obviously full control over what they see. But why would you want to deny, you know, people who may be, uh, for instance, a de-radicalization advocate? What about someone who wants to engage uh, racists or extremists in a in a positive discourse. Why, why why deny them of that opportunity? So is this more when you mentioned like you know talking to a racist, for example? Give me a scenario where that is something that I anybody would want to do because I, I I don't want to. So I'm curious how. Yeah, yeah, and most people don't want to, and I don't <laughs> I don't think that that is going to change. I think it's going to be a, a minority that. Okay. wants to do that. But there are many people who do that. In fact, there's a whole field around positive intervention. Got it. Um, and people like, you know, one of our advisors, Daryl Davis, is famous for helping to inspire over 200 members of the KKK to leave the organization. And wow. he did that just by befriending them. He's a black man. Um, oh, wow. And uh, yeah, he does. He's done given TED Talks. We've done a bunch of, uh, of events with him. And he's he's really an inspiration. So like, you know, we know that it works over on the long term. You know, it's not right. like you can you can't change. It takes, it takes time. I mean, it yes. can't happen overnight. I mean, these are people that are have been indoctrinated over decades of you know and brainwashed into thinking that what they're doing is the right thing. Um, it might as be as easy as taking their white sheets, putting them in with your colored clothes in the wash, and coming out pink and saying, "Well, you can't wear them anymore." So now, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the other issue is that because algorithms are still kind of dumb, they can't necessarily detect the difference between satire and real extremism. So you have all of this collateral damage when you have these censorship policies where satire, people who actually completely disagree with the nature of the content, but they're mocking it in sort of a, an edgy way, you know, they get punished, you know, you get punished. Like we can't create this chilling effect globally where you're afraid to engage with certain topics um, just for fear of getting banned. I think that that's like an unacceptable future scenario for social media. So what we're trying to do is create more of a censorship resistant, interoperable social media world where you own your identity, you mm-hmm. own your social graph, right. you own the relationship with your followers, you own your content. And um, 
And so regardless of if you get deplatformed, you can take that with you and go somewhere else as opposed to just having your work. Love it. And I've seen people um, on Facebook in particular post something after I haven't seen them for a while saying, Hey, I'm, I'm out of Facebook jail. You know, I said something about, you know, this person or people in general, and I was banned for 30 days when I didn't even say anything wrong. And they even do a screenshot of what they said, and it was nothing bad. So let's talk about the privacy and or the censorship concerns that you have around the major platforms, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, um, you know, maybe even Reddit. What are some of the things you've seen? What are the problems? Let's talk about it. From a privacy perspective? Yeah, and censorship too. Because I mean, like I said, people are... Yeah, I mean, look, all of these platforms are have uh, far too heavy-handed censorship policies. Um, I mean, Twitter's probably doing the best of the big tech platforms now uh, after Elon has taken over, but they still have issues. They're still not like a a, a true free speech environment. Um, I mean, just two notables like Kanye and Alex Jones, for instance, are are banned. They didn't do anything (laughs) illegal. Um, right. They were just banned. They were, yeah, they were, they were banned because, uh, you know, Elon seemed to just not like what they posted. Um, so yeah, we believe at minds.com, um, where we have a first amendment based policy that, you know, you want to, the, the way to increase the rate of de-radicalization is only possible when you're you know, providing a place where de-radicalization can occur. If deplatforming makes de-radicalization harder because you are pushing them away so you can no longer engage with those people, that's just a matter of physics. I mean, you can't, right. <laughs> you cut off communication, it's over. So, um, you know, everyone's doing it wrong, in our opinion. Um, as, Threads, interestingly, um, did make a very strange statement. The CEO of Instagram said that threads will potentially support activity pub, which is a federated social protocol that we're supporting now. And also Mastodon and, you know, a, a bunch of other sites support. So it's kind of meaning that you can subscribe to people on other servers and there's more of a decentralized infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But what's just, it's funny that he said, Oh, we want to give people this option in case they get in, in case we deplatform you. Um, right. Because the Instagram threads policy is really bad. I mean, that it's, they're trying to create an app for conversation, but to not allow any kind of political conversation, it seems. <laughs> so. Right. And, and you know, I happen to have a startup that is about friendships, right? And we don't allow a ton of stuff. Um, we've, you know, blocked over 700 plus words, um, any, any sort of sexual misconduct, political ranting, you know, hate speech, bullying, we just suspend those people immediately. It's in our terms of service okay. um, because we are a very specific kind of platform that focuses on just pure friendships, not about mm-hmm. conversations about the world. It's more about like, I like video games. You like video games. Let's chat. Do you think platforms like mine uh, or others out there, is that something that you believe is okay to do? Because as you're saying, we're removing people's, you know, tools to conversate, but we feel as though we're keeping it safe in some ways. What's you have, your- yeah, I think you totally have the right to do that. Um, that's your first amendment as well. You know, your, your right to moderate is your, you know, that that's speech in a sense as well. I, I do, however, think that for the major platforms, the ones who marketed themselves as, you know, 
kind of the town square and a place right. for free and open conversation. Social and, media, basically. Social yeah, media. The, the, yeah, the major sites, I do think that there's very serious negative social impact that we still don't understand um, by continuing with these censorship policies. So for niche sites, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that everyone should be forced to talk Got to it. everybody in every okay, context. Cool. Yeah. That's nice to hear. So let, let's talk about, you know, how minds, I'm curious. I mean, usually I don't plug the company that I talked until the very end, but I, I'm actually curious, what makes you stand out from an X, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, you know, Reddit, Mastodon, even like what makes you stand out? Why are you so different? I don't, everyone always asks that when you're pitching your product to people, but what does make you stand out? I would say that our, we have the best reach for creators and revenue tools. So we focused very specifically on this reward system, this kind of gamification where you can earn reach. You earn these tokens, then you can use the tokens to boost your posts. Tokens are worth views. So just by joining and contributing and posting, you're going to start earning these tokens and you can you can get way more reach. You're like people will sit on Twitter or you know, mass, these tiny little Mastodon sites for, and then there's just no one there. I mean, the, right. it's, it's impossible to break through the algorithm. So I think that we make it easier for small creators specifically to kind of be heard, which I think is everyone's kind of clawing for at this point with the algorithms being so difficult to, to um, figure out. You know, when I, when I came up with Spinner during the pandemic, there was a clear aha moment. There was a catalyst of, me being stuck at home, realizing I didn't have as many friends as I used to and wanting to make new friends. So I built a platform specifically to make new friends based on the same hobbies I liked. What was the catalyst or the aha moment for you to say, you know, I got to build this? What, what what was the moment that you said to yourself, not only am I building minds, but I'm going to do it based on these core principles? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was over 10 years ago now, which is crazy. Wow. I... I just looked at the space of social media. None of them were open source. They were all surveilling everyone like mm. crazy. There was all of these kind of data um, abuses, there's censorship abuses. So it's like across the board, you know, in terms of principles, whether you're talking about transparency, privacy, yep. free expression, you know, user control they were just failing in all of those verticals so i was just like okay the market <laughs> needs this and right. i want to build it yeah you saw it to be broken and you realized that you had to fix it and this was and, and you're right this has been gone ongoing for a decade you're absolutely right um i know my first startup it's funny that we're talking about this my first startup in 2010 was the anti-Facebook. It was like a group-based kind of oh, social really? network. Yeah, I, I built this group-based social network where you could actually say what you want, not get banned. It wasn't controlled. There was no privacy issues. Again, it's 13 years ago. Um, but, um, you know, so I, I want to talk a little bit about hate speech in particular. Mm -hmm. um, how do you envision fostering free discourse? People have this free First Amendment right to talk. Mm -hmm but while still combating hate speech to promote a healthier online environment. Cause that's kind of one of our tenants. It's like you can talk to people, but you got to be really careful to not bully somebody. You know, if someone's overweight or someone has a mental issue, sure. we're, we're very careful about that. What do you guys do or what do you envision? So we wrote a whole paper with a team of PhDs and Daryl uh, called the censorship effect. And we, we launched this on, on 
Joe Rogan, Daryl and I went on there a couple of years ago. Nice. And uh, yeah, if you just search mine, I think I might've seen that the censorship effect. I think I've, I've heard of that and I think I've seen it. So maybe I've already seen it. Yeah. That. It's like an 80 page paper kind of going through our solution for like how we implement positive intervention and um, you know, other, other kinds of <clears throat> uh, control mechanisms for users to engage with the types of content that they want to engage with. Um, and so- all the studies, in the space of censorship and de-radicalization, kind of the blowback effect of, of censorship. Like th- this isn't just like our opinion. Right. It's, this th- is something th- you've done research on with PhD. So since we don't have yeah. too much time, can you give me like the three top things that the key insights you found in just paper? Yeah. You know, we I did know it's a, hard to do, but we, no, we did a ton of research. It's funny how simple it ultimately becomes, you know, w- deplatforming creates, it, it isolates people. And isolation causes more radicalization. You're 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 creating you you know you're pushing people into more of an echo chamber. They don't have access to Correct. all of the speech that they had before. And you know isolation causes depression. Isolation can even lead to violence. Um, so, I mean, there was one case which I bring up a lot, but where YouTube banned this one woman. And I'm not saying this is YouTube's fault that what I'm right. about to say occurred, but YouTube banned this woman. She was like a dancing creator and the Middle East, I think. And she, she sh- brought a gun to YouTube headquarters and just, you know, shot people. Oh, wow. She didn't, she didn't kill anyone, but like okay. people get think I- <laughs> very upset when they lose their voice. Yeah. Um. So we have to be careful of that and, you know, be careful of triggering, you know, the, in, in, in the effort of making a safer space that we create actually a more hostile violent space that, that, that can happen. I agree with that. And, and so, you know, one of the things that we did when we built our app, you know, it sounds like we have similar kind of attributes, but totally different platforms is we decided from the first day that we are going to be this particular kind of app. And if you don't like that, then just don't use us. How do you mm. feel about that con- that that kind of mindset of like, you know, if you're not into soda, don't drink it, drink water and coffee instead. You know, we're kind of on that mindset. What do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's the key. It's like be upfront from the beginning with what you're doing. And this is the betrayal of big tech. They kind of want they want the best Bingo. of both worlds. They in the beginning they said, "Come one, come all." Right. You know, freely express yourself. And, right. You know, they and quite frankly, they rose to prominence by allowing a lot of much more controversial speech. They used to yeah. allow way more than Everything. they do now, and so yeah. now they just want what they want now and they want to disregard the, the the sort of more rough social contract they had before. So I just, um, consistency. <laughs> Perfect, man. And where can people find out more about what you guys do or sign up for your platform? Yeah. Uh, it's just minds.com M I N D S.com or on the app stores. You can find me at Otman O T T M A N on there. And yeah, would love to check out your site as well. So, um, uh, I'll, I'll definitely follow up with that. Awesome. Yeah. Ours is called spinner without the E. It's a Very video, nice. video, video friendship app. I'll check mine's out. I already did check out the website at one point to see what it was like, and it looked pretty cool. So, everyone, check it out, minds.com for some free speech. And hope you learned something today, and we'll see you in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you at next week's episode.